This is Wednesday, October 19th. How can we lead our children toward faith in Christ? What will help them most see Jesus? During my college years, I took a job as a youth pastor in a town about half an hour away from campus. A family in the church invited me into their home to live. They were old enough that all their children except one were grown and gone and had families of their own. I entered their house, and what I didn't know was that they were inviting me into their lives, into every aspect of their lives. Family dinners and family reunions, projects around the house, cleaning the pool, washing cars, everything, including joining with them as they helped their neighbors. It was an immersive experience of belonging with this with them, with this one added factor, Christ. Christ was part of their everyday conversations, not just spoken about at church. Sure, they prayed before meals, but it was much more than that. Christ dwelled among them. Here's our text for today. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, down to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now this passage is taken from an extended sermon by Moses. He delivers these words at the end of his ministry as a means of retelling the history of his people to the next generation. You see, an entire generation died while the Hebrews were in the wilderness, and another generation has arisen, and they need to know where they've come from and about the mighty wonders the Lord performed for them. Now, the first verse in our text, Hear, O Israel, is called the Shema. That title is taken from the first word of that verse in Hebrew. The word Shema means listen or hear or hearken. It tells them that the focus of their lives is to be that one true and living God, and they are to listen to the word of the Lord. And not just follow, not just listen, but follow, to obey the Lord's word. Now that command to love the Lord their God with their entire being It's not just to have warm feelings toward God. That's only part of it. No, you worship and serve what you love. To love God means that God will be at the center of your life. The Lord will be first. Now, of course, Moses is concerned that the next generation will know the Lord. He knows that the mission of God on earth will carry on for many generations as the will of God comes to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So how is that going to happen? First, the setting is always the family. There's not a classroom here, but there's everyday life. Children in every household, in everything they do through the day, are to focus their attention on the Lord. You see, every child would be homeschooled, you might say. And every aspect of life was the context for instruction. The curriculum of life is the Lord himself. You see, God desires that his people know him, listen to his voice and everything. Again, he is to be their life. 
that people are not given a teaching course. They're given God, the actions of God, and the ways of God. Now look at their methods. They're not given instructions about methods at all, except that every aspect of their lives will be so engaged with God that their very lives, wherever they are and whatever they are doing, will become the place where the Lord God can be known. Thus it is in their families that the truth will spread and grow. And it is in everything they do that the Lord will be made known among them. I want to return to that family that invited me into their home and into their lives. This is what made their lives and their family so unique and beautiful. One of the practices of the family that I came to love was that every evening at about 9 p.m. the father would lead everyone who was present in the reading of scripture. Then everyone would talk together about their day. Then the family would pray. The members would pray for each other, touching on the needs expressed and the challenges that they had heard. Here's why those times were so powerful. Even though most all of the children were married and out on their own, those that lived nearby would often show up at the house for this time just to be together, to share their lives with each other, and to seek the face of God. The children so wanted to be together with their parents and to be together as a family and to pray. You see, the parents had taught them about the Lord as they ate at dinner, as they walked along the road, as the text says, when they were lying down and when they got up. This is where the Lord's mission begins, with each family and each home. As a result, the house was the place where the Lord was known. Each family table was considered to be an extension of the Lord's own table. That's why they would pray at mealtimes, because the Lord had invited them to his table. And that table was there right there in their home as well. Now we want to apply this truth where we live in our families and in our homes, that they may be so directed to the Lord that our children will come to see the truth and live and know him. And they'll also come to worship and walk with a living God. Let's pray. Lord God, our Father, let it be that our homes are places of joy and the celebration of life that you've given to us. And Father, we pray those would be places where we can see Jesus. And we thank you and pray in his name. Amen. Amen.